Charitable giving with 2018 tax changes. We're going to be sharing strategies that will help your wallet match the size of your heart. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Hey, Money Guy family, it's your host, Brian Preston, going beyond common sense to help every dollar that you make go just a little bit further. And we've got an exciting one that we're going to have to kind of move on today, Bo. There's two things that are near and dear to our heart. Mm -hmm. It's being giving and being generous. Yep. And then, of course, not paying taxes. (laughs) You have a, you have such a great story on why you have this giver's heart. Can you, can you share that with us? Yeah, so what's interesting is, you know, I came up from very humble beginnings, and I recognized that a lot of the opportunities that were given to me and a lot of the opportunities that I had were based on the generosity of others, whether it was mm-hmm. families or people in my life pouring into me. And so now that I've had some success and that I've had a chance to sort of give back, it's really important to me that I do that. So I love when I can either talk with our clients or share information about ways that you can uh, successfully help others or really efficiently help others. And I don't know if that makes me the Ebenezer Scrooge that has the wake-up call after the ghosts come and deliver, because my thing is, in addition to being generous, is also avoiding taxes. I mean, we know the two biggest things that really impact what's in your wallet, besides the behavioral mm-hmm. stuff, is what you pay people in fees and also what you pay taxes. Uncle yep. Sam in taxes. So if we can help minimize that, it leaves more dollars to work for you because we're right. always talking about that army of dollar bills. Well, 2018 was an interesting, well, 2017 leading into right. 2018 has been an interesting year because a lot of tax changes and a lot of these tax changes will impact the way you think about giving as mm-hmm. well as the way you do your tax preparation. So we wanted to give you an overview of these changes as well as any concerns that it might be bringing forward. The biggest one that's going to probably affect charitable giving is that the standard deduction, which is, you know, not Schedule A itemized deductions, that's where normally your charitable contributions flow through to. Uh, The number has increased drastically. So there's a lot of folks who previously were able to deduct charitable contributions they may not be deducting those anymore. That's probably the biggest change that happened in 2018. Yeah, and then they also, they they, they capped and eliminated several categories mm-hmm. as well. So you've probably heard people in the news media, especially if you live in a high-income tax state, right. um, they, they're talking about the cap on SALT, which sure. is the, the state and local taxes, as well as a lot of your miscellaneous itemized deductions, your your those deductible miscellaneous expenses like tax prep fees, your unreimbursed employee expenses – going away right. starting in 2018. So you need to be aware of those things. And so what we've recognized is that uh, if the, obviously no one gives to charity, I assume most folks don't give to charity solely for the tax benefit, but if that's one of the benefits that was there previously that may be a little minimized moving forward, we wanted to share some really uh, interesting, unique, and kind of thoughtful ideas on ways that you can give and still take advantage of maybe some tax breaks available. It's like most things in life. The more you plan, the more successful you're going to be. So here's the tools to kind of jump right into this and and be successful. So one of the first things, this has been going on for decades, but it's evolved, is talk to us about gifting appreciated securities, Bo. What's happened here and what's changed? Yeah, so a lot of organizations, again, like you said, decades ago, will take gifted uh, appreciated securities. So if you have stocks that have really gone up in value or if you have real estate that you want to give to a charity, you can do that. Um, And so... What's really interesting is 
you, used to the organization would have to have it structured so that you could do that. So if you had some Coca-Cola stock that maybe your grandparents had left to and you wanted to give it to an organization, the organization had to be set up to receive that. Uh, well, that's changed now, and now you can actually do a little bit different. But, but why is that beneficial? Well, let's just do a really easy mathematical example. Uh, let's say that you bought a stock for $10,000 a number of years ago, and now it's worth $15,000. Uh, one thing that you could do is you could sell that $15,000 of stock, you'll pay some taxes on that gain, and then whatever's left over you can give to your charity. So if you were to do that, and we assume a 15% capital gains rate, the results are is you'll get a $14,250 tax deduction. Your charity will get $14,250, but because you had to pay taxes... Uncle Sam will get 750 of that. That, that. Wait a minute. That's not the money guy way. Because we, we want to cut out one of those parties. We, we don't want to get in between you and your charity. That's right. So we're going to try to figure out how do we do this in a, in a money guy smart way where we can cut out uncle. How That's do we right. get uncle and his hand out of our pocket? So a really easy way to do that is rather than having to sell that stock that made money, you can actually give it directly to the charity. Or we'll even talk about a strategy you can do using a charitable giving account or a donor advised fund. But essentially, if you bought that stock for $10,000, now it's worth fifteen. you can actually gift that stock directly to the organization. You'll get a $15,000 tax deduction. Your charity will get $15,000. And the best part, Uncle Sam gets none. There is a $0 tax bill on that. So you get to not only feel good about giving to charity, you get to feel good about minimizing the taxes. That's kind right. of the, the double up of the feel-good moment. One of the things I think... And, and I'm the older guy here, so I'll always like to obviously, share. Obviously, you're watching this on YouTube. <laughs> I like obviously. to share that things have evolved a little bit. When, when I first started doing this in the mid-90s, you had to hope the charity had an account set up with a stockbroker typically sure. so you could give appreciated securities. Like most things, the world has gotten easier. It's yep. not everybody just having smartphones. Even investing has gotten more technology built into it. So what we've seen now, and this is a great segue into charitable gift funds, is you not only can give appreciated stock, now you can give appreciated mutual funds. You can give ex appreciated exchange-traded right. funds, ETFs. And the way you do that is through what's called charitable gift funds. Mm -hmm. But walk us through, what is a charitable gift fund and what are the benefits from that? Yeah, so a charitable gift fund is actually a fund that you can set up directly at a custodian like a Fidelity Investments or like a Charles Schwab. And what it does is you actually gift whatever stock or ETF or mutual fund it is directly to that fund the fund then liquidates it, and you can, depending on the amount you gift, you can even invest it inside of the fund if you so choose. And then you get to control how quickly you give that out to the charity. So you can give it all to one charity immediately, or maybe you want to give it to 10 charities over 10 months. You get to kind of structure how efficiently you allow the money to flow to the charities. Now, historically, where these things have been so powerful is that you had people who'd come into especially good income years. Mm -hmm. Maybe you had a great bonus. Maybe you sold a big piece of property. Maybe you sold a business. Right. So you had all this, this windfall of money come your way. It was always a valuable thing that you could give some appreciated assets to these charitable gift funds, and then maybe you don't have to give it all away in that first right. year. You could smooth out the money you give to the charity because maybe you come into a big windfall. You need the big tax deduction right now, sure. so you go ahead and give to the charitable gift fund, but maybe you spread that gift out over five years. Now, that's the old way. I will tell you, because of the 2017, that's now the 2018 tax changes, there's a new strategy that this comes into play right. for 
even average, everyday savers and, and very charitably minded people. So how does that work, Bo? Yeah, so there's so there's two things. If you're somebody who is charitably inclined and you have after-tax investments, you should really consider the strategy of doing gifting appreciated securities. Well, if you're someone who falls into a certain threshold, which we'll kind of talk about, we already mentioned the standard deduction for a couple, for a married couple filing jointly, went from $12,000 in 2017 uh, all the way up to $24,000 in uh, 2018. And what's happened is, is that charitable contribution that you were giving because the standard deduction is so big, you may not be getting it. So one of the strategies you may want to think about doing is you may want to start grouping what you give to charity. So maybe instead of giving $10,000 this year and $10,000 next year, you may want to do $20,000 this year, get the deduction for that, assuming that you cross over the 24, and do that every two years. So that way you are capitalizing on the deduction available for the charitable contributions. So let's let's actually make this actionable okay. for people. Let's look at, um, we, go get your tax return. And the good thing is this is out there on YouTube. This is out there on you know iTunes. Right. I mean, we have multiple ways. Go to moneyguy.com. You're always going to be able to get access to this content. So if you need to hit pause, go get your tax return for last year and just go look at Schedule A, which is your itemized deductions. But what are the things that they need to pay attention to on that itemized deduction schedule? Yeah, so there's three big things. The first is kind of towards the top. Uh, you want to look at your taxes paid. If the taxes you paid across uh, your sales taxes, state income taxes, real estate taxes. If the all, the total of all of those is greater than $10,000, know that moving forward in 2018 and beyond, you're going to be capped at $10,000 for an itemized deduction in that bucket. So you're losing some there. The other thing is if you go down to the bottom of your Schedule A, looking at miscellaneous itemized deductions, so that's like investment advisory fees, tax fees, casualty losses, all those things that are subject to a 2% of miscellaneous itemized deduction threshold, those are going away completely. So you can't use those. So then what you want to do is you want to say, okay, if I take the total amount that I have in my local taxes, you know, that one that's capped at 10000 or my real estate taxes or my income taxes, and I add that to what I have in like mortgage interest or that sort of thing, and then I add my charitable contributions, if that amount doesn't get me over the $24,000 this year, then I may want to see if doubling up my charitable contributions every other year gets me over that $24,000 threshold. I think that point's worth repeating, so I want to make sure I share this for our listeners. So if you look at your itemized deduction Mm -hmm. schedule, and it's less than $24,000, look at what you gave to charity last year, Add it, double it, essentially, for two years and see if that pushes you over the 24000 If it does, then you might be a good candidate for doing this grouping strategy for your charitable contributions. But you might be, you might be someone who says, well, if, if I, if I only give to my church every other year, if I only give to the charitable organization that I support every other year, they're going to run into some funding issues. We can't, we can't do that. That's where the charitable gift fund comes in because you can make that doubled up contribution, but then you can still send checks through the charitable gift fund to your organization every month or every week or how often you want to. It allows you to smooth it for the organization. Yeah. I mean, they will allow you to make distributions as low as 50 to a hundred dollars. That's right. I mean, it's really cheap and you can set these things up. If you have at least $5,000 is, right. is usually the minimum to set them up. I want to talk about another strategy. This is for, and if this is not you, it might be your parents or even your grandparents. The, the government does this really unique thing. They tell you they're going to give you this tax deduction when you save for retirement, when you do your IRA contributions, when you do your 401ks. It's called tax-deferred growth, meaning that they let you put this money in, and it's going to continue to grow, and you don't pay taxes until, guess what? You get the wake-up call, you turn 70 and a half, 
and Uncle Sam knocks on the door. Time and he to bring says, it on. It's time for you to pay taxes on all that money we let you save over your lifetime. They're called required minimum distributions. So a lot of you guys, here's a cool loophole that is going to now open up, I think, to a lot more people because right. of the tax law changes, is that you have the capability to where your required minimum distribution, instead of coming to you and being taxable, you can direct your IRA custodian or your 401k custodian to direct that money directly to your charity of choice. Sure. And it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You might be the person that you want 80% to come to your account and then you want 20% to go to your charity or 10% to your favorite charity. And here's why you're probably going, well, okay, that sounds great, but what's the benefits for sure. that? Because the logistically the way this all goes down is you don't get a charitable deduction on your Schedule A when you're looking at that itemized deduction schedule. Remember, you're just going to maximize taking the standard deduction, but it, what it does do is it lowers your taxable income. So that money never shows up on your tax return as taxable income. So it's still a net benefit of a tax deduction. So I want, I want to make sure I heard this right. So if I'm someone who say I, I give you know $2,000, $3,000 a year to charity, nowhere close to the $24,000 I can now do the RMD to the charity. I'm getting a tax benefit for doing that, where I probably wasn't getting that you tax benefit. You essentially, by not having that income show up, you're getting the deduction, plus you're getting the $24,000 standard deduction. That's awesome. And here's the other thing that you, a lot of people don't realize. So, Social Security, when we all start taking Social mm -hmm. Security, and by the time you're 70 and a half when these minimum distributions occur, you're getting Social Security. Right. It is taxable up to 85%, meaning 85% of your Social Security is taxable unless your income is below a certain threshold. There's a chance you do this, you might qualify for less of your Social Security oh, being that taxable. because doesn't even count. Exactly. And for married couples, it's around $44,000. Okay. Now, there's another, some of you guys are going, like, my income's way above that. And for people who are have a little more fluence, you have another thing that hits you by your income. Your Medicare premiums, as well as your prescription drug premiums for Medicare, you know, right. on the Plan D, they go up based upon your income, especially once you get over $170,000. You guys who, who have income and assets coming in, you know what I'm talking about is that you pay a surcharge on your Medicare premiums. If you can lower this, it has the potential to, to lower your Medicare premium. So, so those are two unique things. I don't think you hear a lot of people no. that are nerdy enough to talk about this type of strategy. So obviously those are things that we can do and actionable things we can do. What about folks who are a little nervous? They don't, they don't want to, um, run out of money. Obviously that's one concern yeah. we have as we all hit retirement. Um, are there some tax efficient or, or, or just maybe some ways we should think about charitable giving in light of planning for when we leave this earth? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that came out of the new tax law changes is that the estate exemption went from like $11 million mm -hmm. up to the 22 and That's beyond. Right. I yep. mean, this thing's going to continue to expand. So there's a lot of people that probably have life insurance policies that they were set up for, worried about estate taxes, or you're just realizing, man, I'm not going to have some of the estate concerns That's I right. originally had. There is nothing wrong with naming your favorite charity in your will, or maybe you change a portion of your life insurance yeah. to the beneficiary of your favorite charity or something you want to make sure is honored. Your request right. and your, your, you just, your giving nature is represented, in, you know, even after you leave this planet. And if you're someone who has left a legacy for the generations that come behind you, what a, what a, a remarkable and amazing way to show them what you really value by saying as they're sort of settling your state and working through your affairs, that something was, that was important to you was helping others. And that's just, I think it's a beautiful thing 
not only to leave the wealth to your family, but to also leave that that example of how to steward wealth well. Um, one of the things, just to close this out, such a unique episode. I mean, I think we gave a lot of meat away, but it's one of those things where we have shared that we love thinking about generosity sure. and giving. I think it's a good time that we list two charities that yeah, we think a absolutely. lot of. And I know you're highly involved with a ministry, but right. what, what, who are you and who do you want to put a link to? Yeah, Preston Taylor Ministry. That's actually how this all came together. That's how this conversation, we were sitting in a board meeting. I'm blessed that I get to serve on the board there. And we were talking about some of these changes that were happening. And it's just an amazing organization that supports inner city youth uh, and provides opportunities they might not have otherwise. And so that's, again, given my background and sort of where I came from, that's something very near and dear to my heart. Uh, so I think Preston Taylor is a fantastic organization. I'd love, you know, we'll put a link right here in the video. If you want to go check it out, go check them out. Really doing incredible work uh, in the youth here in Nashville. So if you go to moneyguy.com, we're also, for the show notes for this specific episode, we'll be putting a link to Preston Taylor Ministries. Yep. And then I also, I always go put a link to Curry Ingram Academy. Oh, yeah, y'all, y'all, everybody knows, I mean, one of the main driving factors for why my family moved to the Nashville area was because we have an autistic daughter. That's right. And I got to tell you, Curry Ingram is world class. I mean, I, we go to we go to events and then we go to these individualized learning plans and we see the progress that our special daughter's making. I mean, it, for a guy who doesn't cry much, it, it kind of wells yeah. me up every time yeah. I have these experiences. So I think it's just we want to share organizations that we're passionate about. Right. And, you know, we love, we know we give it, we love on you guys a lot with a lot of free content. We don't do fundraisers, but we do want to share. And I know I'm even going to link to the giving page. Yeah. So if anybody, you know, you love what we share and you feel like this is not a big ask, but it's one of those things, if you just want to support these great causes, we will have the links on moneyguy.com. Thank you so much, Money Guy family. As you can tell, generosity, here's my thing. It is a reason we are called abound wealth. That's, That's right. our wealth management. Is we are a derivative of abundance. There's this incredible thing called the abundance cycle that the more generous you are, the more it just seems to come back That's around. Right. So, so live that fruitful life. And just thank you so much for tuning in. MoneyGuy.com. I'm your host, Brian Preston, with my co-host, Mr. Bo Hansen. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. (laughs) 